welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every week, decisions are made across Maine that affect the future of our environments. Lawmakers in Augusta propose or debate new bills. Mainers speak up on proposals made by corporations or state agencies. Clean energy projects are launched, or communities take action to address threats to clean air or water or open spaces that they cherish. Since 1959, NRCM has been on the front lines, tracking these developments and tapping into the power of Maine people, science, and the law. NRCM does this to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. So every two weeks, we'll sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories you need to know about and what lies ahead. Thank you for listening as we share our view from the front lines. We're inching closer and closer to election day on November 2nd, and here in Maine, one of the top issues on the ballot is going to be question one, the citizens initiative to stop the CMP corridor in Western Maine. Now, there are a lot of ads out there on question one right now, and we know that people are looking for guidance. They have questions. Um, I'm Colin Durant, NRCM's advocacy communications director. I'm not our advocacy director, as I said in the last podcast, (laughs) but I am here with our advocacy director, Pete Didesheim. And uh, in this episode, Pete and I are going to talk about some of these key issues associated with the CMP corridor and question one, because it's such a big deal. Uh, but first, we wanted to, as we do every every time, we wanted to sort of hit on some of the biggest news items. And we're going to talk this time about the biggest news item from the past couple of weeks. We're thrilled to share the news that um, on October 13th, uh, a Canadian mining corporation, Wolfden, withdrew its application for metal for a metal mine in the forest lands near Baxter State Park and Katahdin Woods and Waters Monument. Pete, can you just tell us why that's such a big victory for Maine's environment? Why that's such a big deal? Absolutely. So this is really a big win. Metal mining is one of the riskiest and most polluting industries around with like a notorious record of environmental damage and bankruptcies and taxpayers being stuck with all the cleanup costs. So it's not surprising that NRCM and many others are very concerned about a possible mineral mine in Maine's North Woods. So we thought that was a terrible idea, especially if it was pursued by a company like Wolfton Resources, which has never successfully operated a mine. So, um, and (laughs) this is the most incredible part. They seem to have never successfully submitted a complete and accurate permit application. So over the past year, NRCM staff scientist, Nick Bennett dug deep into the thousands of pages of materials that Wolfton had submitted to the Land Use Planning Commission is part of an application to rezone 528 acres on Pickett Mountain, which is in Penobscot County near Katahdin Woods and Waters, as you you mentioned, uh, near the town of Mount Chase. The application was filled with unsubstantiated claims, errors, missing information. The staff at the Maine Land Use Planning Commission insisted that Wolfden provide more information in answers to their questions. They provided multiple extensions to provide the information. And then the staff finally just ran out of patience and they they had identified 59 inconsistencies, errors and failures to provide information in a letter that they provided to the commissioners. And in that staff memo letter, they recommended that the commission um, deny the project, deny the rezoning proposal. That's pretty rare for for agency staff to come up with a, a, a recommendation to deny a project. 
So in the face of this defeat, Wolfton instead withdrew its proposal, as you mentioned. Um, there's some speculation that they might take another run at it. Let's hope not. Uh, let me also just say that this win would not have been possible without the involvement of hundreds of people who were deeply concerned as we were about this bad idea of a mine in the Northwoods. Yeah, that is just what, what a very exciting victory for both NRCM and our supporters. And I just want to echo the thanks to uh, hundreds of Mainers who spoke up more than 700 against the Wolfton mine. That included voices from Maine's tribes, sporting camp owners, and locals who know and love that part of Maine, who fish in that part of Maine. Uh, it's great to see that once again, people power one over yeah. a corporation trying to um, you know, pollute Maine's environment for profit. So that's great news. Talking about corporations trying to damage Maine's environment. Let's shift to <laughs> question one that's going to appear, like I said, on the November 2nd ballot. Now, CMP and Hydro-Quebec have spent $60 million on a desperate, really desperate political campaign to try and distract and confuse uh, Maine voters. Um, as I As I said in the beginning, this has resulted in some confusion and questions, but we really see it as a simple matter. Voting yes on one, on question one, is a vote to stop the CMP corridor. So, Pete, let's just start right there. What are some of the key issues that Maine voters should keep in mind, that you think Maine voters should keep in mind uh, uh, when thinking about question one? Sure. So first, let me underscore your point about the obscene amount of money being spent by CMP and Hydro-Quebec on their campaign to scare, distract, confuse Maine voters. Mainers have never ever seen this amount of money spent on a ballot measure campaign. It's orders of magnitude beyond previous records. CMP is funding three separate political action committees, which together have spent nearly 45 million and Hydro-Quebec, wholly owned by the government of Quebec, has spent an additional 15 million. I was just looking at Hydro-Quebec's most recent financial report, and it showed that they've spent a million dollars on one of the most expensive DC lobbying firms in the land, uh, in the country, it's called Forbes Tate. Unbelievable. So let's just step back a second. Imagine what $60 million could do for Maine people instead of bombarding us with TV and digital ads, canvassers coming to our doors, and campaign mailers. If this was such a great project, do you think CMP would need to spend that amount of money to convince us? No. Maine people understand that this project is a bad deal for Maine. That's right. And it's been a bad deal all along. Um, I mean, I recall, and I think this is striking, 25 towns voted to rescind their support for the CMP corridor or to outright, out, outright oppose the project, uh, including nearly all the towns that are closest to the new stretch of corridor that, that, that CMP wants to build and that we cut through the western Maine forest lands. Right. Um, so that's another thing that Maine people have never seen before. So many towns speaking out in opposition to this project. For Maine voters, we really should heed that call. The people with the most to lose, who know and love that part of Maine the best, they're the ones urging us with perhaps the loudest voices to vote yes on question one. They're the ones most responsible for collecting the 80,000 signatures to put this question on the ballot. And they don't want this to be imposed on the landscape that they care so much about. Mm. That's right. And, and, you know, I think one of the one of the things also about this is there's such a broad range of both main people and organizations that are opposed to this project uh, because they know it's such a bad deal for Maine. So what else do you think voters should know about some of the 
key organizations who are opposing the CMP corridor in addition to NRCM, of course? Sure. Well, for our podcast listeners, those of you who are listening to this right now, probably the most important list um, includes the environmental voices. Mm -hmm. So let me just read the list of key organizations who are united in opposing the CMP quarter. NRCM, of course, Sierra Club Maine, Trout Unlimited, Appalachian Mountain Club, 350 Maine, Maine Youth for Climate Justice, Environment Maine, Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association, the Penobscot Nation, and five First Nations in Quebec. All of these organizations and tribes have come out against the corridor, voicing a broad range of concerns about the impact of the project on the environment, about Hydro-Quebec's impacts on indigenous people and their lands, and about the absence of new climate benefits. So here's another key point. Do you trust these organizations about what's good for the environment and our climate, or do you trust CMP? Uh, I could tell you who I trust, <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> is that rhetorical um, or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this this is super helpful, and I think it's good to take a step back and 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 listen to that list. It's it's remarkable. But let's what we wanted to do now is shift to a bit of a rapid fire um, responses to some major issues or questions that have come up in the connection to the CMP quarter. So first, I think probably the question on, that's on a lot, well, there's lots of questions, but the question that's on a lot of people's mind is what's the actual status of the project in that 53 mile stretch, a new corridor that CMP wants to cut through uh, Western Maine forests? Yeah. So the cutting is well underway, uh, but there's still plenty of time to stop the project so that the forest can grow back. Many of the most important and contentious stretches in that forest land uh, have not been cleared. And there's no poles that have been installed in that 53 mile section. For many people who have gone up to view the CMP, what CMP is doing, it's heartbreaking. And we've seen a lot of photos of it, including aerial photos and drone photos. So if you want to see for yourself I encourage you to visit the NRCM Action Fund website uh, to see a recent photo and see for yourself what what is happening up there and what CMP's corridor will look like on a landscape that CMP tries to diminish as code of our forest lands. This is some really beautiful lands. And if this this landscape is considered cut over forest land, then our entire North Woods uh, is cut over forest land. And no one believes that to be true. That's right. And that website for the NRCM Action Fund is just nrcmactionfund.org, by the way. That's right. Um, yeah. you, you talked about they haven't cut on some of the more contentious or special uh, parts uh, or places. And that just gets to another question. What about this illegal lease that CMP, CMP secured to cross public lands? How, how is that going to affect the project? It could be a showstopper, but we may not know for a while. So Superior Court Judge Michaela Murphy this summer ruled that CMP's lease to cross public lands is illegal and the lease was vacated. The Bureau of Parks and Lands failed to secure a two-thirds vote by the Maine legislature to cross for this project to cross public lands. And obviously this transmission line would substantially change the use of those lands and thus triggering the constitutional requirement for that two-thirds vote. CMP is facing a hearing next week about whether the DEP permit should be suspended and all work brought to a halt because of the Superior Court ruling. During that hearing, we'll be making the case that the permit should be suspended until or unless CMP has full right title and interest to all land necessary for the project. Any other applicant for any other project can't have a permit 
a, a valid permit if they don't have right title and interest to the land. And right now CMP doesn't. So CMP um, will, could cause substantial damage to the environment on that public land. Um, we will make the case that the, the project should be um, uh, brought to a halt and the permit should be rescinded. Um, and that could happen through um, a yes vote on question one or, by, or failure by CMP to secure a legal lease uh, to cross public land or to find an alternative route. So they've got, they're facing several different ways that this project uh, could be terminated. And uh, we hope that one or all of those um, come to fruition. For sure. Now let's just talk about another issue um, that CMP, one of CMP's mini packs that you talked about. Um, uh, is raising and that's retroactivity. Uh, it's on a lot of yard signs. I know I've received at least three mailers about it. Tell us about tell us about this idea of retroactivity that CMP is trying to throw into our heads. Yeah, so this is one of the most deceptive and I think revealing scare tactics that I've ever seen. CMP has created their own additional pack that has already spent six point three million dollars just on one of these CMP spinoff packs. Um, Evidently, CMP just can't seem to persuade Mainers that this is a good project on its merits. So that's why they're spending this money to raise a non-issue in an attempt to divert attention and confuse voters. Question one does not grant any new powers to the legislature. The legislature has had the authority to pass retroactive laws for decades and well-established case law affirms that authority. We've done an analysis that since 2001, Maine lawmakers have enacted 166 laws that have retroactive effects. In the 1980s, a ballot measure in Portland with a retroactive provision that was passed by a wide margin and then sustained by the courts helped save Portland's working waterfront. So retroactivity language um, is important for lawmakers to, to uh, have access to, and they have for a long time. This is not new. The retroactivity language in question one refers to 2014 because that's when CMP entered into its illegal lease to cross public lands. So passing question one would help address that illegal lease issues issue and reinforce the requirement in Maine's constitution, which was passed by 73% of Maine voters back in 1993. That's helpful. Thank you. And, you know, climate change is an issue that's on the minds of many of our supporters and um, something we've worked on a lot as an organization. So how about that climate issue and CMP's uh, claims about climate regarding this project? Yeah, so we believe this project would not provide any new climate benefits. We think it is a shell game by Hydro-Quebec to shift existing electricity to Massachusetts ratepayers are willing to pay a lot more for it than Hydro-Quebec is getting from other markets, from spot markets. And they would get that payment through a long-term contract, which would be very lucrative to Hydro-Quebec, which could make $12 billion on this project, which explains why they are so determined to spend money in Maine to persuade Maine voters to support that flow of billions of dollars to Quebec. But no study has been done on the full impacts of this project on the climate. Senator Brownie Carson, happened to be NRCM's former executive director, um, tried to get a bill through the legislature to require an independent study, but CMP killed it, as did Hydro-Quebec. They had an army of lobbyists. Hydro-Quebec's original proposal to Massachusetts made clear that this project would not involve any new hydropower. If there's no new power, 
then there's no new climate benefits. And Hydro-Quebec has never been willing to testify under oath in a way that would enable Maine lawmakers to really understand how they, whether they were just shifting power around in their system. So bottom line, the, climb, the claims about climate benefits are false, yet the environmental impacts on Maine would be very real. So let's talk about those environmental impacts. We, we talked about them a little, but can you just detail for folks what, what those impacts on the ground are that we're concerned about? Well, it's really within the new section, uh, and that's called segment one. That would slice a 53-mile transmission line through Western Maine forest lands, which is the largest contiguous temperate forest in North America. The gash would damage 263 wetlands, cross 200 rivers and streams, including the best brook trout habitat in North America. And despite the widespread impacts, the Army Corps of Engineers failed to conduct an environmental impact assessment, which we've been calling for. And that would have provided a real alternatives analysis that might have come up with a, a different uh, route that wouldn't have caused so much damage. Yeah, and certainly you would expect that a project of this size and scope warrants something like an EIS. Um, so that was a really a real fa failure on their part for sure to live up to their responsibility. Um, so uh, you know, I think last thing is, can you can you just take us take us to after the election? What happens uh, if the CMP corridor is terminated through a yes vote on question one? Great question. If question one passes, then CMP likely would try to overturn the decision by Maine voters through an appeal to the courts. So just think about that scenario for a minute. CMP, in effect, suing to overturn a decision by the people of Maine. CMP versus the people of Maine. Assuming they lost, uh, then Massachusetts likely would seek another option. And they might turn to a project that has been fully permitted and has strong agency and public support in Vermont they might also look at a bunch of, of renewable projects that have emerged um, since this original uh, procurement process. But if they go with the Ver Vermont project, that project also has the flaw of involving power from Hydro-Quebec. But on the plus side, it at, least, um, the, at least the entire transmission line would be buried along existing roads and rail lines or travel through a submerged cable in Lake Champlain. So compared with the damage that the CMP corridor would cause, the Vermont option would be much, much better. I got to say, CMP versus the people of Maine is very on brand for them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've been doing that for a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for digging into question one with us, Pete. And for everyone listening, please remember to vote yes on question one to stop the CMP corridor. Yes on one to stop the CMP corridor. And we've just updated our CMP corridor webpage with a brand new fact sheet that you're free to download and share with friends if you'd like. And we've got a webinar coming up Tuesday, October 22nd that we're really excited about featuring a great slate of panelists speaking about why they're voting yes on one. Uh, and of course, if you need to learn more about where to vote, how to vote, all that about I think voting. that webinar is on Thursday, October 21st, not Tuesday. Yes, excuse me, thank you. Uh, Thursday, October 21st. Got it. Definitely the 21st. Got it. <laughs> um, good clarification. Um, and if, if you need to learn more about voting, you can visit the Maine Secretary of State's website. So Pete, let's just wrap up quickly with a few items that you and uh, the NRCM advocacy staff are going to be paying attention to in the coming weeks. 
Okay, if uh, we're always paying attention to a lot of things. At the national level, we're paying close attention to the so-called budget reconciliation package, also called the Build Back Better plan, which could include critical funding and programs to address climate change here in Maine across the country. Uh, we hope that an agreement is reached on that by the end of the month before the International Climate Conference begins in Glasgow, Scotland on November 1st. Here in the state, we're paying attention to new bills that are being proposed by lawmakers for the next legislative session on October 25th. Legislative leaders will make their initial decisions on which bills will be accepted for consideration next year. So we're working with leaders and legislators on those uh, legislative proposals. And we're also paying close attention to the Land for Maine's Future program, which recently announced da -da -da -da, its first request for proposals in years with funding that was appropriated by the legislature this year, $40 million provided, which was a, one of our big wins this year. The proposals won't be due until December, but this is an exciting time for the land trusts in the state, for municipalities, for citizens to develop proposals for conserving land for recreation, wildlife habitat, climate benefits, and to be enjoyed by Maine people. Yeah, it's really exciting to see that our the request for proposals go out and and they'll be fun yeah. to track what new projects. It makes it all real. Yeah, yeah, coming online and it's it's always interesting to scroll through the list of land for Maine's future uh, properties and realize you know oh I visited that place it's thanks to Emma you know it there it's yeah. all over it's all over yeah. Maine. But Pete, thanks again for joining us. Um, thanks to our listeners as always for listening. And for everyone listening, don't forget to vote on November 2nd. Uh, and uh, if you hadn't heard, you can vote yes on one to stop the CMP corridor. Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> yes. November 2nd. Thursday, Tuesday. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> you, you, I, I'm Good talking to you. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We'll see you later, Pete. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast listening apps. To learn more about NRCM, please visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at NRCM Environment. Until next time, thanks for your interest, attention, and involvement in the collective efforts by Maine people to protect the unique woods, waters, and wildlife of our state. Thanks again. <laughs>